Well, hello, everyone. Uh, Joanne Dennison here, uh, the Meat Guide, and coming to you with our second episode. We've decided that's what podcasts are called. We just had a chit-chat here, Kelly and I, about what our, what our podcast called, and we decided it was episode. So this is the second episode of the podcast, Sit in the Attendee's Chair, focusing on the meetings, events, and hospitality industry. Um, so, uh, we're, we're still working our way through. So if you listen to the first episode, you actually heard us develop the, um, I, th- that's, I think that's Kim. You might want to mute her while you're. Okay. Yeah, mute no. her on the main. Yeah, oh, there you go. We're still, uh, we're still learning as we go along. As you heard in the first one, you actually saw us really, truly learn the beginnings of putting it together. So hopefully that was interesting and humorous and um i want this to be a true conversation with me and uh a lot of you i know know me and know that's pretty much my personality style uh very casual very informal hopefully still some borderline professional but um you're going to literally see every time as we develop what this podcast is uh so hopefully that just adds interest along with whatever we're talking about. So today, um, got a couple things uh, going on in my mind. Don't have a particular theme. We do have a guest, which I'll bring in in a minute. And just so you know who's in the studio with me on the controls is... Hi, Kelly here again. And yes, you heard Kelly on the first one. And Kelly is one of the troopers. And... uh, Today has has taken over the whole controls. Um, uh, Pauline is not with us today because she is visiting her family in France for a few weeks. And the other person in the studio is... Steve the Great here, (laughs) episode number two. (laughs) Happy to be here. And for those of you who have taken my CMP classes, you you know the whole Steve the Great thing. The rest of you are going, why is he great? Oh, just go with it, okay? There's a lot of reasons. Let's just, just, we'll go with it. And uh, and Steve the Great and I uh, do live in the same household. So um, in case, uh, no, don't, whatever you're going to say, don't say it. Yippee. Don't. <laughs> But um, there have been some uh, interesting things. I want to bring my guest on. My guest, and many of you will know her or at least know her name, is uh, Ken Hopperthwaite, or as Steve would say. The cowgirl. Because the last name (laughs) always has been a struggle. But um, Kim and I hear Benny in the background, too. We'll talk about Benny Sorry, that's my dog. (laughs) (laughs) So Benny is his own celebrity in his in his mind there. <laughs> so Benny is a, a French bulldog, and you can frequently hear him breathing and talking in the background. So um, does he have his own Instagram account, Kim? No, but I feel like I should do an Instagram, although my daughter is trying to get me to do a TikTok account for Benny. But uh, I don't know TikTok all that well. I just, you know, go down the rabbit hole of of watching it. Of, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> of nothing. I still haven't done that. I only watched, I've probably only seen three or four that people have sent me to watch. Like the one Marianne Don't sent. Don't do it. Don't do uh, yeah. it. <laughs> I just, I just um, finally downloaded a TikTok. I was trying not to for the longest time, but I finally did it and it just, you really do fall down a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. You, you wonder where you're, you talk about found time. Well, you'll lose time if you, uh, 
mm-hmm. get stuck in TikTok world. Yeah, I think it's probably better that I don't then. But yeah. uh, in fact, the last time I was on it was when Marianne sent the TikTok of the um, portable photo booth that oh, we yeah, yeah. Um, that we put in the eGuide newsletter. Uh, and that reminds me, if you're not on the eGuide newsletter and you would like to be, you can text. I never remember the number, but Steve does. You can text Meet Guide to 22828. And that's Meet Guide, M E E T, as in meetings, G U I D E, one word. 22828. And you can be on. I wonder the- if that's why Steve is a great. Why? That's another reason, yes. Why? Because he remembers the one text number? Yeah. <laughs> there okay, are we'll many, go with many, it. Many, many reasons. <laughs> well, we'll just go with that. But yes, if you're not on it, um, it comes out when we get it done. Although now that Sophie, one of the other troopers, has taken it on, it comes out on a more regular basis than it did. Uh, but it rarely comes out more often than every two weeks, so you won't feel like you're spammed. Hopefully. But um, Kim, it sounds like you're doing sound effects for Halloween. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I gotta sit still. <laughs> You know, meeting planner. I'm like, oh, I'm on the phone. Let me do all these other things. No, I'm going to sit still. So back to who Kim is now that we've met Benny. We've talked about the e-guide and everything like that. Um, Kim is a CMP, or as I'm fond of saying, one of my CMPs, because I tend to be very possessive, mainly because I'm extremely proud, happy, and I hope supportive of, of the people who do the CMP journey with me. I'm hopefully supportive of people who didn't take the CMP journey with me, too, but Obviously, I've seen what they've put in, and um, Kim and I met in, what did we decide, January of 2016? I think you are correct. That sounds like, yes. And uh, when she walked into one of my classes, and um, in a minute we'll talk more about that, but uh, through her CMP journey, we became very close friends. Um, She's a Jersey girl, and at that time, I still lived in New Jersey, um, so, uh, tell you what, Kim, why don't you talk about your, your journey to your CMP before we jump on to other things? And this isn't a, oh, and Joanne's so great. This is about you and your experience and, you know, helping to support and motivate others to, to do the same. Okay. Well, first, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. You know, I was all about this podcast and supporting this a hundred percent to podcast are, have become my new co-worker since we are stuck at home still, um, which I do like working from home, but podcasts have become my co-workers. Um, so my CMP journey, I will be brief, um, but thorough. Joanne said we met in January. I went into her class with my books. I was prepared. She was talking. And as she was talking, I kept thinking to myself, I've been doing event planning for years. I don't need to read these books. I'm going to listen to Joanne, take some notes, and I'm going to take this exam in May. I thought I knew it all. Took the exam in May, failed. I deserved to fail because I did everything that Joanne told me not to do. Um, So So good to know I had such an impact on you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you did. You did later on. Once I got out of my own way and realized that, Kim, you don't know everything. There's a whole other world that you have no idea. So went back, hit the books, went to Joanne's classes, followed all of her directions correctly, did everything that she said. Unfortunately, I still didn't pass, so that's two fails. Um, I failed the second time by one point. So that was 
horrible. So Joanne and I had a conversation after my tears, and it was basically I was looking at the questions the wrong way. I was looking for things that just weren't there. Um, so I reading took the time more off. into it than was in the question, were you? Yeah, doing... I was definitely reading more into it, looking for things that were there or, or looking for things that weren't there that should have been there, right? Because you're trained to know what you do, but you have to forget what you do and study to study the books, study the content, and think strategically. Well, when, and when you're studying best practices all, too. Yeah, and when that light bulb kind of went on for me, it was an easier process um, for me the third time when I took it and finally passed. I will say this, the second time I passed or the second time I failed, it was, it was, it was hard and it hurt and it was just devastating. So I kind of was, I'm done with this. This isn't for me. Forget about it. I'm just going to live in my association world and play my events and just be fine. But that only lasted for a little while because I knew in my heart, that's what I really wanted. Um, but what I will say and recommend to all of you folks out there that are considering the CMT or have not taken the exam or taken the exam and failed, um, whatever your scenario is, don't wait like I did. Um, I waited a whole year, so I had to pay all those extra fees. I know that the testing timing is now different because of COVID, but when I took the test, it was only four times a year. So I let that lapse. So I had to go through the whole process, pay all those fees again. Um, so my advice, don't do that. Keep with it. Stick with it. You'll get it as long as you're with Joanne. So that's my CMP journey. <laughs> and, In a nutshell. And now, hey, have has the CMP, both the information you learned and or the CMP itself, having the three letters, having the certification, have they made a difference in your career? Oh, 100%. You already know this, but for the, your audience, 100% it did. I was working for an association um, that really didn't understand the value of a meeting planner. And I know that we're all faced with that, right? It's, well, how hard is it to get coffee? Well, it's not just about that. We already know that. So when I was taking Joanne's class seriously, when I was invested in it and I understood what I needed to do, reading the book, I started understanding the strategic side of events. And my CEO at the time, she was all about strategic planning. She, she was all about taking those steps. So once I kind of put those two and two together and I mixed the lingo with stakeholders and I was in these meetings with her and I was speaking strategically, she was looking at me like, whoa, where did this come from? Who is this? There's so much more to meetings and events than, than I thought. So through that, you know, I started to have more of a say. I, I had a seat at that table, right? We all want that seat at the table. I finally had a seat at the table. I started to um, provide strategic ideas. I was aligning with the goals and objectives of the meeting. And it all just kind of lines up that um, right before my CMP exam for the third time, I got a promotion. Um, and I ended up running the events department for the association so well and you I created a, a a large com large by your association standard i forget how many hundreds of people came to what was it 200 of the women's conference mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it was because of like as we were as i was planning or as i was reading and studying i was doing so it wasn't like oh let me just go back to my desk and do what we always do right because that's 
that's the joke with associations. You just do what you do because you do it every year. Mm-hmm. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's think about this different. Let's mix it up. Let's be strategic. So I was putting into practice what I was reading. I was going in having conversations about budgets, and I hate that. But I was talking formulas. I was talking registration fees. I was talking all of those things. And I think that's really what sealed the deal for me um, when aligning both what I was learning and reading and putting it into practice in my job and having that trust and support from my leader, it was a very easy thing for me to do. And that confidence all helped, I think, also with passing um, the CMP the third final time. Well, and, and with your you help, know, of course, Joanne, we talk, I don't know. <laughs> well, we talk in the <laughs> class a lot about applying what you learn. You know, unfortunately, even back when I took it, 25 years ago, there has been this rumor of, you know, forget everything you know, read the books, memorize the books, pass the exam, go back to what you're doing. And anyone who's been in the room with me or had a conversation with me about CMP longer than five minutes knows I do not buy into that, that I buy Mm -hmm. very strongly into. These are about best practices. It may not be what you're doing, but these have been best practices put together by hundreds, if not thousands of people. And this is how to learn how to create a better meeting or event. And, you know, when you consider that an adult learning principle is adult learners want to know how and why to apply things, you know, going back and doing them in your job. And, yeah, I think you're, you know, you being promoted before you ever even got it is a testimonial mm-hmm. to utilizing the, the knowledge um, effectively and everything so um well very cool you know i've been very proud i am very proud of you both for well thank you not giving I don't think up I, yeah yes don't ever give up keep at it you know it, you can do it you can do it you can do it that's what i say but i know this is not about you but just shout out to you because you don't like to brag about yourself but without you i would not be in the position that i am in and you know <clears throat> all my stories and struggles Um, so you are a huge part of that so for that I will always be thankful well you're very welcome and I'm I'm glad to have you in my life that's that's one thing I I, even this past year as we've gone virtual the number of people who have come into my life even if I haven't met them face to face um, but Mm -hmm. you know having the interaction with them and everything uh, I, I can't wait to meet people face to face I can't wait to you know, for us to have our first meet and retreat and people be there and, and everything. Yeah, like that. I will say that's one good thing about knowing you, Joanne, and being connected to you. You're able to connect other planners together. I don't know. I Through this, this crazy COVID year, I've made more friends, CMP friends and association friends because of you and your connections and that one common bond that we all have, this, this crazy thing called meeting and events. So. Mm-hmm. Um, without you, you know, we wouldn't have the connections. And I told you just the other day, I was on the phone with a with a planner down in um, in Florida, Tara. Tara, mm-hmm. I never met her. Still never met her. But you connected us, and I had a question. And I said, "Hey, can you get on Zoom? I need to run a contract issue by you." Sure, happy to help. Got on. We spoke. You know, it's all about that networking and reaching out, and you know, so it's great that you know you're providing us with this new way to connect with all of our friends so i thank you for that you're welcome and you know i think it is really important and maybe this past year showed us even more than when we could see people face to face how important it is to have those connections network uh whatever you want to call it 
Um, you know, so we can do our job better. Having all those resources. I was talking to a planner last night and, you know, she's, she has a new job and she's doing two meetings in a particular area. And I was able to go, oh, I have a CMP who works at Universal. Let me put you in touch with her because mm -hmm. she was looking to do some stuff at Universal. And she's like, oh, and I'm looking, I said, oh, I know someone else I can put you in touch with and another one of my CMPs. And I love to be able to connect people. I've been told that when I'm depressed, I just need to go connect people and I seem to get happy again. So. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, that's one amazing thing that you are fantastic at connecting, besides many other connecting folks. So, yeah. Well, I like doing it. It's It just seems natural to me. So, And I think, you know, what also helps quickly, Joanna, if I sure. don't mind, this year as planners, well, this past year and a half, we all kind of started from ground zero, right? It was even playing yep. field. So, of course, we just wanted to share the knowledge. Everyone was like, oh, what do you know? Oh, what platform do you use? Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. Um, what's a hybrid? You know, we know what a hybrid would, but we didn't really necessarily, let's be honest, as planners, we really didn't care about hybrid. It was like, oh, you want to do a hybrid? Okay, let me call my AV company and they'll handle it. No. And that, that really just meant putting a, and that just meant putting a camera in the room and, and live streaming 100%. it or something. It didn't mean actually thinking out, you know, what's it like to attend as a virtual attendee. I was just having that conversation with someone yesterday because they're taking one of their events you know, uh, hybrid big events next year. And there she's, she's as of yesterday, one of my new CMPs and she's already thinking, you know, how do I sit in the attendees chair face to face? How do I sit in the chair virtually and put mm -hmm. together, you know, a program that will truly benefit both. So, um, yeah, yeah, we all need to keep talking to people. And I'm hoping that's part of what this podcast turns into is just, Hearing that you're not alone, hearing people you, you know, might want to meet, um, you know, uh, Kim, maybe you'll give us permission when we post this to, you know, at least put your, we'll put your full name in so people can find you on LinkedIn at least or something if they want to talk to you about something we talked about. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, so let me ask you this. Uh, we talked about this and, um, uh, and we talked about how when I taught at Boston University, you know, this was one of the things that came up in my class is how different the backgrounds are for people who become meeting and event planners. So I think we're going to, uh, I think I'm going to end up creating a segment, whether it will be every time or not, called On My Way to Becoming a Meeting and Event Planner or something along those lines. In other words, what what did you do? You know, you got out of high school and what happened? Did you know in high school you wanted to be a meeting and event planner? No, I didn't even know there was such a job. Yeah. <laughs> right. I went to school for marketing. Marketing and HR, I went to school right? For marketing. And uh, HR? Huh? And yeah, HR. And HR. Mm -hmm. and HR. Um, when I finished that whole process, I my first job, well, my, I was an intern at a newspaper, but that's another story for another day. But uh, my first real job, my first adult job, a real big paycheck, I guess. I worked for a conferencing company that did um, programs for doctors. You know, like, hey, come to Ruth's Chris. Come listen to um, this this exciting new drug. And, oh, we'll pay for dinner type of things. I did dinner meetings. That's what mm -hmm. I did. That's how I got my start. Um, and I was like, yeah. Which many people do. Which many yeah. people do, churning out like three, 400 of those a year. So it was fun, you know, and then when they were local, I didn't travel, but when they were local, I could go. I went to, to uh, Philadelphia, and I got 
went to Ruth's Chris, went to Capitol Grill, ate really well. And I was like, there's got to be, <laughs> I was like, there's got to be more to this. There's got to be more to this. There's got to be more. Um, so through that process, I uh, transferred to a medical um, device company and I worked for them for, for many years. I was their first planner. They were a new startup. So I was their first meeting planner, kind of building my job description and building our events as we grew and grew and grew. Um, it was it was a process. I will say, again, things that you would think as a meeting planner that you would have to do um, would be crazy. You would never know. Um, I can give you an example really quickly. I had to order cadavers. Which At anyone who's like, taken my class know that we have these conversations about ordering cadavers for certain types of yeah. meetings and, and what venues you can have them in. So go ahead. I was like, what's a cadaver? I actually asked that question because I didn't know. I was ignorant. And when they told me, I was like, oh, how, how do I go about that? And, like, what are the rules with that, bringing that and shipping that to a venue? What is this all about? And for those so of you who don't know, let's stop because I always make sure I, it's clear in my class because I've had people not know what a cadaver is. It is a human body or sometimes, depending on what the workshop's going to be on, a, a, a part of a human body that's been donated to science for research and um and yeah so uh that's what it is and i always say make sure you know what's in your job description because it may not be certain things not just about that job but other job may be things you can't really i mean i never would have known until someone actually spoke in my cmp class of oh probably now 15 years ago and they started talking about ordering these cadavers and I'm like what like yeah and uh, it's like well where do you order them from like you know <laughs> so anyway I mean, I, I, there's crazy things like you learn how, where to go to order them you learn you know how they have to be shipped you learn how you have to dispose of them when they're done now the sales force isn't going to do all that who's going to do that oh, the meeting planner can handle that because that's just what we do right um, so yeah, and, I had and, to learn and, all that. And and it wasn't like you were actually like moving the cadavers around. You had a medical a yeah. team that brought them in, got them placed. And I assume you had another team that you hired to do like medical waste and everything. Yes, that is correct. I mean, it was yeah. all up and up and all approved. But yes, as a planner, it's your job to make those arrangements. It's your yeah. job to make sure that you understand that process. It's not like you know, when they're done doing their um, testing and they're done their experimenting, what happens next? Oh, well, okay, well, we have to dispose of this person with dignity and respect, right? Yep. Um, so that's, that's the process that we all had to learn. I didn't know. So that was an interesting process. I, you know, um, that wasn't for me. But amongst other things, that, that just wasn't my forte. <laughs> Well, um, and this is it. A lot of people, and that's why I always say, you know, one of uh, my CMPs recently texted me. I saw she got a new job because she posted her old job because she loved it, was trying to help them find the person to, to fill it. Um, you know, and when I texted her, I said, hey, what's your new job? And she said, I'm your new cadaver girl. I was like, oh, medical devices. Okay, good to know, <laughs> you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, well, something. Well, good for her for taking that role because that's a – that's a unique role in itself, though. It is. Kudos and to her, that's, that's tough. That's tough. That's emotional, too, you know? Yes, <clears throat> yes. And it's definitely not for everyone. I thought about it a long time after I found out about that, and I thought, 
what would I not be able to do? And I thought, mm, yeah. the human cadavers could be tough on me, but the one I knew would be even tougher is if it had anything to do with animals. Um, oh, I know, strangely, I, I know it. Some people would feel it should be the other, but I mean, it, it's it, Kelly's. I feel on. the same way. Yeah, I yeah. understand. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, if you're doing things on dogs, cats, fish, I don't care. It's like, I didn't do well in school on that stuff either. Um, but I always tell people, make sure you know what the job involves. You know, a meeting mm -hmm. planner is a meeting planner is a meeting planner is a meeting planner. But some of the elements that you may be involved or with or something may not be wrong. They're just not right for you. So I'm always telling people, make sure you ask questions. Make sure you understand what the job involves in terms of things like that. So um, Yeah, I 100% agree with you. So when you left medical devices... Um, yeah, I moved into the association world. Mm -hmm. which, Was that a tough uh, change, going from corporate to association? Um, yes. And, you know, I would say yes, because I had a lot of money. You know, I, as a planner for a medical device or spine, pharmaceuticals, any of that kind of store, the medical field, usually there's a, you have a nice hefty budget, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, you want this? You want a sand art on the beach? No problem. Mm -hmm. It was an easy phone call. Right. Um, but when you move over to the association world, it's a couple things, right? It's small staff. Mm -hmm. zero budget let's be honest mm -hmm. and you are going to be doing things that are not just in the line of a meeting planner because that's what association worlds are associations thrive on membership so it's all about membership and what you need to do for the, your members to keep your your members happy and engaged with the association so um I didn't really know. I'll be honest. I'll just say this quick story. And Joanne, I don't even know if you know. Um, I got into association because, and don't judge me. <laughs> this is years ago. I, so she mentioned that I was a Jersey girl. So I am, while I do not agree with his politics, I do happen to like some of the brass or aggressive behavior of our former governor, Chris Christie. Okay. And when I, there was just, I was never really into politics, but for some odd reason, when he would be on my TV, I would stop and listen. I'd be like, who is this guy? What is he saying? He just spoke to me. Well, he's very Jersey. Layman's, he's very Jersey. Yeah, and you know what? He spoke to me in layman's term from someone yeah. who didn't know anything. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, I understand. I can follow you. Yes, was he crude and like just sometimes downright obnoxious? Of course. But I just have a... You connected him with him. Like he really, yeah, he made me understand New Jersey politics. Okay. So then that's when I became a passion for, I want to I do something in New Jersey. I want to make a difference or I want to be part of something that makes a difference in my state because I love New Jersey. And so it wasn't really um, about party politics. It was about being woken up like not. I want to do, yeah, I know you well enough to know that parties are not your thing, but it no. he got your attention that you wanted to help make a difference, that it was possible for you to make a difference in New Jersey and yeah. you wanted to be part of it. I wanted to be part of something that made my state better. I wanted mm -hmm. to be part of that. And that's when I started doing research on association and I found the association that I went to and I started out as, you know, a plain old event coordinator and you know, getting, printing badges, like easy things. 
you took a huge salary. You took a huge salary cut, right? You said. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I always say people that work for associations love what they do because let's just be honest, that money is just not there. Yeah, so and bigger and, and really you. big associations there can be, but in most like state associations or smaller ones, absolutely. And and I wanted you to say that because I'm assuming you have no regrets that you made that leap. Oh, a hundred percent, absolutely not. Um, I think we talked a little bit before about how um, my real passion is human resources, HR, and what comes with that, helping people. Hence, why I'm a meeting planner. I like to help people. I like to see smiles on people's faces. I like to know that I am part of something that is making somebody happy. And I think this is a really, I, I think it's an important point that you made a decision to walk away from a corporate, a, a big corporate paycheck to take mm-hmm. a cut because it was important to you what you did in your job. And, you know, a lot of times people do that. And you you were some years into your career. I mean, um, yeah. and, you, you know, a lot you of times. You and I know. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. No, no, you go ahead. Well, I just, I have people, you know, contact me sometimes to make changes in their career, both in this industry and other industries. And they're like, oh, I want to do that, or I, I want to, you know, like I'll have, I remember one person, she was at EA, and she was making over $100,000, but she really, really wanted to do events and meetings full-time, mm-hmm. and, you know, we talked about the fact that if she, and she did have some meeting and event experience by being this very, very high-level EA, as many EAs do, and, but she wanted to move full-time in the meeting department, but she was probably going to end up taking a $30,000 cut at least. And she's like, mm, I sure. can't do that. And so, you know, it's one of those things that you decide, do I, do I bite the bullet and do this now and work my way back up? Because I know this, I will love this and it's important to me. Um, or do you keep going the path that doesn't make you as happy? So I think the yeah. fact that you did that is huge. I think so because, and also, side note about me, money doesn't, you know this, but money does not motivate me. Yeah, mm-hmm. great, fantastic, but it's really that passion. Like, I have to love the events that I'm planning. I have to love what I'm doing. I have to love what I'm representing. I have to have that passion. I have to have skin in the game. If not, then it's like, ugh, just a job to me, and, and I don't, that's not me. Like, that's not who I am. So I knew that it was my time to go, and I found a new passion, and, and I could not be could not be at happier. that time were you the the sole income in your household um I was no at that time I was not I had just moved in with my now husband and luckily for uh me he is amazing and very supportive um so he was like come here you move here okay if you had to take a pay cut it's okay you follow your passion he has his He's like, you find yours. It's your turn kind of now. So that's really what happened. I took a pay cut, of course. So we had to make some adjustments. You learn to live within your means. Yep. But at the end of the day, I was coming home happy because I was loving what I was doing. Yep. 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 And then you were with that organization how many years? And, and this is the same organization, of course, we were talking about that you worked for when you did your CMP. Um, yes. That you were able to apply what you learned and move up and create a whole new conference within the organization and everything. How many years were you there? I believe uh, seven. Seven, 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 seven years, yeah. Okay. And, and go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, seven years. We went through a lot of changes as associations do. Sometimes you get new um 
presidents, CEOs, you know, sometimes you have a new executive director, the board, they change, whatever. So policies and procedures change. Um, so there was a lot of growth within that association at the time that I was there. So I was really thankful and lucky that I was part of that whole transition. So it was really great to see that. And I, while now I'm no longer there, um, I still think about them often. I am very active in what they're doing, their events that they're doing. I love and respect the president and CEO of that um, association. She's phenomenal. Um, it just was my time to go. I wanted more. I was looking for more um, opportunity. Yep. Or different. Yeah. I mean, just yeah. so you don't get stagnant and... You know, sometimes people Correct. say to me, should I stay at a company, you know, or an organization in a while? And I'm like, it depends. Are you still growing? You know, I've seen people stay at the same company 25, 30 years, but their organization allowed them to keep growing, developing, be promoted, take on different responsibilities. You know, it, it, to me, if that's important to you to keep growing and developing, that's what it comes down to. So about two years ago, almost two years ago, you changed to a different association. I did. I did. I came into the to the new association that I'm at now, um, still working for an association in New Jersey. So all of my meetings are based in New Jersey. We were on a Zoom call earlier today, and one of my colleagues said, oh, Kim, I'm really super impressed with your geography of all venues in New Jersey. And I said, that's all I've done is events in New Jersey for the past 10 so years. So it's very easy. I can tell you where hotels are, where they are, and, you know, what kind of space they have. Um so, yeah, so i um been there. I started, um, I think, three months right before the world shut down. So it was an interesting transition for me, for sure. Being new, not knowing my role, not, 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 not knowing my role, but still learning the process and procedures and our events and our members um, and doing those um, from behind a computer. Well, I think, you know, one of the other things you mentioned it briefly about when you work for a membership organization, uh, you know, meeting planners are always trying to show their value and show their worth. And, um, you know, usually one of the key reasons members belong is education. And mm -hmm. education is almost always coming from the meetings and events, or should be, I'm saying, but that's the prime source of it. So, you know, it's a huge driving force for both recruitment and retention of members, in my opinion. Oh, 100%. I 100%. And, you know, I'm lucky now, even more at my old position, that my uh, current executive director um, is a CMP himself um, and really has the passion and understanding that I have. So it's really great that he is super supportive of our initiatives for events and he's heavily involved so it's great to have his support it's great to have his understanding and it's great to have his knowledge so that that also has made um, things so much easier for me like we talk the same lingo right like you get excited when someone knows things like a BEO what <laughs> you know simple as a BEO some people don't know what a BEO is Joanne you know what I'm talking about yep. but um, so it's great that he understands our world well, and because of it also, I think part of it, because he knows it so well, he is such a huge supporter of you you and all his meeting planners continuing their education, whether it be oh, yes. other certifications, designations, things like that. And that's really good because sometimes that's a really hard battle to fight, especially in the association world where, as you said, money is so tight. Money is very tight in association. And he was fantastic. He, 
he allowed myself and my two other colleagues to go and work through our DES. So we got our DES during this whole pandemic as well. We went through that process because we saw that as a valuable tool at the time because for the past you know, plus years, we've all been doing virtual events. So, um, yes, and very supportive when it comes to education. And why don't you tell them what DES stands for? Um, oh, my gosh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Design event strategist. I thought it was digital. Oh, maybe you're right. Can we beat this out? <laughs> <laughs> who's, I think the editing, who's, who's the editor here? <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, it's funny because you actually bring up uh, you you accidentally stumbled into a really hot topic for me, and and that's yeah. you know, knowing what your designations are. Well, we I, we need to do a whole show one time on 100%. certificates versus designations versus certifications, etc. But if you've got letters after your name, for Pete's sake, and and I don't say this to knock you in any way, shape, or form, know what they stand for. And the reason I being, know. well, no, I'm not knocking you. I can't believe how many you times I, I've opened LinkedIn and seen people in their LinkedIn profile oh, yeah. saying that they are a certified meeting planner. And I do freak out. There is no, I have actually occasionally, because I've been so upset about it, um, contacted them subtly. I would never post on their thing and said, I really think you want to change this because it could make you not look as good in the industry's eyes. You know, if someone has a CMP and they see you don't even know the name of your thing, people could take like, well, must not be important or not no attention to detail and everyone in our industry takes such pride in being attention to detail but it is a certified meeting professional but no i didn't but you know that's a that's a whole nother conversation for another day but that's a good let's put that to your list we didn't we didn't come up with that topic that's a great topic and for those of you who uh, yeah, let's try that in better language for those of you who are listening um you know, I am. We are making list of of topics to to go for the future, and um, so you know, open to what what would you like to hear us talk about? What would you, you know, I've got a good list going, and I do intend to have a lot of different uh, guests on um, uh, that I think will be good for for listeners to hear. People who I have respected and and worked with who can add a particular angle um one of the things and i'm sure kelly remembers this so when i taught the boston university class in spring of whatever year this is 2021 or the extension of 2020 the way this is going mid-july um is uh when i had guests i would uh try to group them sometimes so one of the classes uh was three association planners Three or were there four of you? There might have been four of you even. And we talked about like what makes it different. And I remember one of the questions was, what's in your trade show floor that, um, you know, kind of maybe is unique to your particular association? Because when you think about going to trade shows, you know, when we go to, when our industry has them, you know, every hotel, every CVB or DMO, destination management, uh, marketing organization, even I stumbled there, you know, um, all the ground transportation. Oh, this was interesting. Yesterday I got um, an email for 
a lab company that will come to your meetings and events and do on-site testing for COVID. I thought, yeah. okay, that's one I'd never gotten before. There are a few of them out there. Oh, it makes sense. I just hadn't gotten yeah. an email promoting it and everything. So, um, you know, I think I think it's okay for us to say your association is all legal, legal aspects attorneys. Um, yes, that is correct. And uh, so what are things on your trade show floor that – I probably wouldn't find at mine or we wouldn't find at the meeting and event industry one. What is, what's there that's unique, maybe not unique, but very specific to your group of attendees? So here's, here's something that I learned through, um, and I'm still learning, right? I'm still learning my membership. You're always learning your membership. But one thing that I was um, surprised by is, um, medical uh, like orthopedics um, doctor's offices were there and I'm like why in the world are there orthopedic doctor's offices here what's going on like why are they here and then you know for me being nosy because that's a planner to do when we when we want to know something we go ask because we're nosy like that I turn turns out that you know when there's um, trials they need someone for medical experts they're medical experts right if there's there's something going on with a car accident or whatever have you they look for medical experts and these medical experts are orthopedic doctors or any other of those kinds of doctors. So we see a lot of those on our trade show floor. We also see a lot of banks um, for, for loans and things like that for some smaller law firms. That was new to me too. Um, so yeah, that, those are the kind of things that I didn't know what to expect, but those are the things that I was like, Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah, something very specific that, you know, what what does your member need? What does your attendee need? And how do you get those exhibitors? Um, so uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the whole, uh, I had posted an article on LinkedIn um, about a discussion that had been going on in some pa uh, on a panel and everything about the idea of the compression of meeting rooms and something that we need to be, and space meeting space that we need to be aware of as we go into 2022. So the gist of it is, if you haven't read the article, is that 2022 meetings, a lot of them were already booked pre-pandemic. So those are already on the books. And of course, the plan right now is for them to go ahead. But 2020 and 2021 meetings, many of them have gotten pushed to 2022. And what the panel and one person in particular, which I feel bad, I should have looked up their name, um, talked about was this, you know, there's going to be a huge demand for space and just not enough space to hold all these meetings. Because if you think about it, it's like two years worth of meetings in, in one year. And um, also, as we see happening, a lot of workers are not returning back to hospitality, restaurants, hotels, of all different levels. And I have talked to venues, both restaurants, but also hotels that are having to block out overnight rooms and and space because they just don't have the the staff to actually fulfill what needs to be done um which has got to be killing them after being closed basically for a year but kim you said 
you know, you were you said you'd be willing to share a little bit about your next three meetings that you're looking at and everything and what you're running into with hotels. Like, what do you see that's being impacted from us going through first, second, and third wave, at least, of uh, the COVID surge? Yeah, no, I, I, I think two things that we need to, maybe three things. I think the first two things that I was thinking of that came to mind is, that there, we need flexibility, right? Both the planner side and the supplier side, we need some a little bit of flexibility. I think second, there's got to be clear communications, right? Because there's so much going on right now. And as we start to transition into live meetings, there's still things that we need to consider that, yes, okay, maybe, maybe, I'm going to say maybe, we're through this pandemic. But are we? I don't know. So we need to we need to have these conversations. We need to talk about room sizes. We need to talk about social distancing. We need to. Are you talking at all about staffing too? Like, yes, staffing, staffing. We we are having that conversation now. Like, what is your staffing ratio? You know, uh, are you going to be fully 100% operated with the staff that we need for our event to to go off without a hitch? What are our obstacles? What can we do? And you know, while and and we're having those clear communications with our with the with our uh, our hotels. You know, where are you in this? Like, when is your full staff coming back? Are you fully staffed? Did you make any changes to to the room? What is your ventilation system like? Right? Those are things we never even cared about before. Ventilation, what? Right. But now we have to have these conversations. And, you know, we're, we as planners are looking at the rooms differently. I mean, I hate to say this, but, you know, we've all thought about it when we were thinking about planning meetings. Sometimes just shove them in there, right? We'll pack them all in there like a bunch of sardines. Well, we can't do that anymore. I, I just think that's the new way moving forward. I think to walk in any space, at least let a jam pass for at least maybe a year or two, there'll be some issues. People will have some concerns. So we need to be mindful of all of that and thinking of new creative ways to, to do room sets um, and spacing it out. Maybe it's not six feet, maybe it's three feet, but a way for our members or whoever you're planning the event for to feel comfortable um all while maintaining a budget and working within what you have but i will say this the hotel partners that that we are working with they have been extremely um grateful with us letting us know where they stand very transparent we've had a couple venues that we've worked with for many years that have had to increase prices but they have to right because we already know that there are things going costs are going up well, not we like know that, but let, let's stop on that for a second. Yeah. I'm amazed that people think that we should go back to 2019 pricing, that two years later, there shouldn't be a price increase. I mean, even if we hadn't had the pandemic, it should cost more in 2021 than 2019. And the fact that all you have to do is pick up about the shortages in the supply chain and, mm-hmm. you know, everything if, if we're going to make it work, yes, prices have got to go up. It's been two years, but also there is a very unusual situation going on, and it right. changes day to day. So, yeah, pricing. And, of course, what's the other one you and I have been talking about in terms of pricing? Service charges? Yep. Yep. Yeah, our service charges are going up, which they should be. You know, they should be. We need to – and I think that's what I mean. Like, us as planners, yes. Do, are we on a tight budget? Of course we're on a tight budget, but we need to re-examine our budget. We need to look at that thinking, 
okay, even though we maybe budgeted for this meeting three years ago, because that's how some associations work, they work three, four, five years ahead. Yeah. We're not the same now. So we need to take a look at, you know, those contracts and us as planners, we might be a little naive um, to think that the contract that we may have signed is not going to look a little different. And that's only to help read back the industry, right? Like, that's what I care about right now. Like, I want our industry to go, go back. I want to see these live meetings. I want to see our hotel partners and our other vendors getting that revenue back. And us as planners can do that by working with them, having a clear line of communication, um, and we can still pull off a fantastic event, I think, as long as we have that flexibility and communication. Well, and I think, you know, it also goes back to the people, you know, the planners people, but also the venues people. And, you know, we Mm -hmm. see this, you know, all during, you know, the past year, it's been, oh, frontline workers, frontline workers, you know, we love them, we love them, we love them, they're stocking our grocery shelves, they're where nobody else wants to be, then they, you know, serving in the restaurants, cleaning in the hotels, everything like that. And now people are going, well, I don't want my, I don't want my meeting bill to go up. Well, you know something, I'm really willing to pay more if it means someone gets 50 cents an hour more or a dollar more or whatever. Um, They're cleaning up after us. They're putting themselves, and it's just amazing that we forget these are not just numbers on a contract. This is how people get paid. Um, Correct. I think that's important, too, because sometimes we forget about that, right? Because all planners see is just that dollar number and be like, nah, that's not going to work with my budget. What can you do for me? And then thinking it, taking a step outside your own world, like your own meeting planning world, and think on the other side, the hotel, the partners, like, you know, like you said, the folks that have been cleaning our meet, that's going to be cleaning our meeting space, the folks that are been cleaning our sleeping room, you know, all of those folks, A, that probably haven't been in work, they're mm-hmm. slowly starting to come back, but, you know, it's, it's a give and take, I think, for me. And like you said, I, I would be willing to pay a percent or two more service charge or a maybe a higher food and beverage minimum if that means that we're bringing back money to this industry and that's what in my end that's the end goal right we talk about goals and objectives so for me it's not only the meeting being successful it's also on the back of my mind is we want this industry to come back thriving well and i know even when we talk about you know things like some of the new event standards in terms of um social impact and everything we talk about fair labor also and Mm -hmm. you know if i saw an article the other day that said steve do you remember what was it 47 out of the 50 states um minimum wage would not allow someone to rent even a respectable two-bedroom apartment with a bath was it it was a staggering are you kidding uh, no, Oof. very serious. And they said in most cases they couldn't even rent a decent one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. if you were your full life was on, uh, you know, minimum wage. And of course, the mm-hmm. minimum wage federal is still seven fifty, seven something. Yeah, a lot of the states have raised it and everything. But they're saying that it, you know, and there are people we it, people blow it off and go, oh, well, you know, the high school students or the college students or whatever, they don't need it. But it isn't. There are people who are literally trying to put a roof over their head and feed themselves and sometimes other people. And so Mm -hmm. if we're going to look at the social impact of meetings and events, we have to think of those people. And um, this is why they're not coming back. They are frequently treated rudely um, or like looked over like they don't exist and they're not being paid well. And uh, that's, I mean, 
every day I'm seeing a new article on what's holding back hotels and meetings and events right now really reopening is the lack of labor. Yeah, the staffing. Amazing, right? Yeah. So you had a third point. We got off there. I did, but I don't remember it. (laughs) I said maybe a third. Maybe a third. I said maybe a third, so I can't think of it. And maybe it'll come to me in something else that comes to but yeah. Well, I'm going to, you know, um, you and I have been talking. We haven't let Kelly and Steve talk at all. You guys have anything you want to jump in, ask ask Kim, comment on for Kim? Interesting. Nothing? Nothing? She was just listening. It's all been very interesting, but it's a bunch of stuff that I haven't really thought, thought of about. before. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, do you Me, nothing I can really say on the radio. But oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we'll leave it like that. Well, okay, Steve, the great. <laughs> so here's, um, so the other one I thought we'd close with, which was your idea, which will probably become uh, episode regular also, is, you know, w- we talk a lot, and you talked about this some when, you know, on the way to becoming a media and event planner, this is how I tripped and fell into it. And for those of you who may be younger, and I don't say that at all in a patronizing way, but you all are getting the opportunities to, um, you know, a lot of you, it was so funny, this came on TV the other night, and I said to Steve, do you know how many people go into this field because of this movie? I didn't realize it was 20 years old. Do you know what movie that would be? Is it The, the Wedding Planner? No, yep. I think Kelly, I actually Kelly, I watched it. It was on like two days ago. Yep, or, Kelly yep. goes The Wedding Planner. <laughs> and that's... Oh, that, yep, yep, that was a huge one where people went, yeah. whoa, wait, people do this, you know? And that was just weddings. And now you see more meeting and event planners showing up in meetings and, I mean, in movies and, and things like the that. Hallmark the Hallmark Channel. The Hallmark Channel, yeah. They, they you know, um, absolutely. That's a big thing to do there, too. But, um, you know, for most of us who are, I would say, over 35 um, which definitely is me, um, we fell into it one way or another. You know, we just mm-hmm. kind of tripped into it. Like you said, this was your journey. That's how you started doing it and um, everything. But what's amazing, kind of like the cadavers also, is mm-hmm. all these things you learn along the way that no one tells you. It's not something they sit down and tell you in an interview. It's not something and you go, and then you're looking for another p- meeting planner to go, oh my gosh, is this just my meetings or do these things happen? Like, is this for real or is it a joke? Uh, bad joke frequently. And so I think mm-hmm. we're going to, you know, we're going to have a segment called Everything That Nobody Tells You. And, um, you know, you told me a story the other day, which I think is a a perfect example, and I've heard similar ones from other people. So why don't you share, (laughs) this was early on in your career where you, you know, the story you told me, and maybe it will assure some other people, and this is not a judgment call, whether it's good or bad. We're not here to judge what's going on in this particular case, at least. It's just I have to deal with that. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, tell your story. And this yes, was early again, on in your no career. No judgment. Yep. Yes, early in my career, no judgment. My 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 motto, as my daughter says, "You do you." So <laughs> they did them, I guess. So we should have I, Skyler on today. <laughs> yes, she actually was looking for the YouTube video that she did for you. She's like, "Where's that link?" 
Oh, it's, it's, I'm like, wait, who are you showing it to? What are you doing with that link before I give it to you? It's also on your um, CMP prep to go. Yes, it is. She saw it. I gave it to her, and then she, of course, Googled it and found you. So okay. she found what she, she needed. Got it. Um, yes. But so early on in my career, we I was planning um, a meeting, and we were flying some um, doctors to a location, and I got a call from his secretary and said, okay, um, here are um, his information. This is what he needs. And I was like, great. So I have all that. And she's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I also need one more thing. And I said, oh, okay, what's up? She's like, he's also bringing his girlfriend. So he's bringing his wife. They were going to be on one floor. And he said, he's also going to be needing a second room for his girlfriend. And they need to be completely different floors on the opposite end of the hotel. And as a young meeting planner, I was like, what? Horrified. Like confused, <laughs> I was horrified. Like, I think I actually said, I think my comment was, uh, okay. <laughs> so I politely said, I'm not sure if that's something that this company will cover. Let me call you back and let me get the information from them. Um, so again, I, I didn't know that I needed to be in the mix of some whatever was going on. Again, not, not passing judgment. I just, as a meeting planner, a lot of the times you just do what you're told to do. Your job is to make these people coming into your event happy so that they do what you need them to do. Especially if they're so, VIPs. And then, you know, get into the whole rules of pharma guidelines, what you can and what you can't do, and all that good fun stuff. Um, so it, it was, I was intrigued. I didn't know what to do. I was like, what do I do here? Like, I didn't know. So, you know, I did what I needed to do, and... They both came, well, all three of them came, and I did what was asked of me. Um, and no questions asked. It was just, it's one of those things that you go home and be like, I just really had to do this. Like, okay, this is part of now my job. Okay, I can do this. I can keep a secret, you know. Um, so it was that. It was it was, it was that. Um, so that. That's a good, fun story. Another good, fun story I had was um, uh, Bruce Jenner was a keynote speaker for for one of my meetings, and this was before um, Bruce transitioned and became Caitlyn, and it was right when the Kardashians was were, was starting to get popular. So maybe season one, season two, I don't know, um, but they were just starting to get popular. And uh, first of all, he's a phenomenal person to work with as a keynote speaker. He was very low maintenance, a really nice guy, um, but um, he did tell me. I'm not going to answer any questions about my daughter, my daughter, mm. right? Because it was a bunch of sales guys. Most sales guys are all young, young twenties, cool guys. And you know, let's face it, the Kardashian ladies are pretty attractive. So he basically was like, I'm not going to ask any questions about my daughter. So I was like, okay, great. We'll avoid that. So of course I communicate with everybody. You know, they get all of their morning notes underneath their door in the hotel room. And one of them was, you know, speaker, blah, 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 please note. He's, not going to take any questions about his daughter. Please be respectful. Um, and of course, microphone goes around. And what do you think happens? Of course, some idiot. Of course, of course. So there I am, the meeting planner, running to steal the microphone because that's just what meeting planners do. Um, so that was another, you know, fun thing that you just need to be mindful of of certain things like that. Know your group and know probably what I should have done was did um, planted questions. Um, mm -hmm. So that way, 
Yeah. You could avoid that. Well, and now uh, we feed them through the app a lot of the time, too, which is really good because you can screen them, um, yeah. which is, is really nice. But, you know, I, I oh, think, yeah, yeah it's, I'm sure there's many others, but those are the two things that I, you know, I think about when I come to mind is like working with someone high level like that and being respectful and being mindful and, you know, knowing your group at the same time, too. Absolutely. And I think, uh, like you suggested last night when we were talking, is that eventually we'll do a, a whole show, hopefully a, a live one where people can even call in and, and things about. Oh, you know, I would love to hear that. Um, but, I mean, the horror stories, not horror stories, but yeah, I mean, well, well it's yeah. just it, it's what you do when you're a planner. It's like all mm -hmm. the crazy, weird things, some good, some bad, some you know, really important, some, you know, I mean, just a, a day in the life, you know, is, is kind of what it comes down to. Marianne has some good ones that I know she shared with the, uh, the BU class when she came in, but uh, I'll let her share those one day. Oh, yes, and also uh, you can be a purse handler, you know, when you are the guest speaker, all of a sudden she hands you your purse and you're like, yes, okay, I need to guard this with my life because it probably costs more money than I, my whole outfit, I don't know. Yep, that um, too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I remember kind of when you, oh, Steve has something he wants to say. No, I was just oh. thinking that would be a, a good one for me and my continuing apparent saga of living with a meeting planner. The things that, uh, for instance, I know Cowgirl's husband is a saint as well um, mm -hmm. in living with a meeting planner. But things that um, those who live with you um, endure, shall we say. Do you want to talk about your two articles and, and hopefully what's going to come out of it? The two articles? The, uh, do I want to get into them specifically well, or in general? Title and, and oh, talk about them. No, the title was Living with a Meeting Planner, part one, and the other one was part two. Okay, but I thought it was a little more than that. No, okay. that's, I don't get all that creative, but it's just the things that uh, meeting planners do. Um, I think are totally normal. Uh, pictures of uh, <laughs> pictures of uh, place settings, pictures of chandeliers, pictures of empty rooms, pictures of tables, pictures of chairs, pictures of carpets, food, uh, flowers, food, food presentations. <laughs> uh, center Kelly's laughing. She's already in. She's all in. <laughs> pictures of centerpieces. I take pictures of signs. Signs. Oh, is that to know what type of sign they used for ideas for yeah signage. like if i see a cool sign that i like or like a word like you know any kind of like the message boards or anything sometimes I'm like oh i gotta get that mm -hmm. yeah i've yeah. seen meeting planners not even at their own meeting attending another meeting separate the knives forks and spoons on the clearing tray and, well, and stack the plates course. and the coffee cups and it wasn't even mm -hmm. their meeting well, we know what the staff is up against, and we want it to be efficient, and, you know, that's what you do. Or putting up a gazebo in the backyard and having making the mistake of saying, oh, you know, we could hang a few lights in there. And that turned into about 65 strings of Christmas lights and mm -hmm. candles and flowers and chairs and furniture, and uh, they, it turned into an event space. So anyway. It's never just. It's always more absolutely more, always more. more is more yes. more is mm -hmm. more right more is more as long as it's tastefully done mm -hmm. um it can be fun tastefully but tastefully so st what we're hoping what we're trying to convince steve to do because he's written these two articles that have been very well received and if you haven't read them 
uh, you can always email me. They may be posted somewhere. I know the links have run in the e-guide, but I can't remember if we have them posted anywhere. I don't, don't know. think so. Maybe we I'm should put sure. those up on the website or something. Think of somewhere to put them. Okay. Um, but we're pushing for him to do a book. Oh, uh, that would be amazing. That would be like you would give it to Adam, you know. Yes. Uh, I'm sure he could identify with many of these things and more probably. You know, so it would be written very much from the person who's living with a meeting planner written for the person who's living with a meeting planner. So we're talking about putting out a call for stories like what does your family or whoever, mm -hmm. friends. Boxes uh, of uh, votive votive, candle, votive, votive, votive no candle. L. Votive candles, boxes of those holders in your basement. But here's the thing. Steve never met me until I wasn't really actively planning. I'd already moved into the education bank. Thank he goodness. has no idea. Um, he would probably say that's why my former husband is my former husband, but truly that wasn't the, the basis of that marriage ending. But we had basement attic the storage in the garage we had lots and lots and lots of decorations vases votive candles all different kinds oh are we doing a caribbean mexican theme let me whip out the bud vases that are bright orange bright <laughs> bright uh, turquoise etc but so if you you know if you have any of those you want to share you can always you know watch for the call uh, hopefully we'll get steve to do it so it will be ready by the holidays for a, a good holiday ha-ha gift for you know the people who go i can't believe you make lists i can't believe you have everything in a binder oh wait can you plan the family vacation mm. oh can you plan the 50th anniversary can but i can't believe you do all this stupid stuff until mm. they want you to plan something mm. for them or decorate something for them and then it's like yeah so they love us and hate us at the same time, which I guess is pretty normal. But. Yeah. You know what, Joanne, if I can just add to that, Steve, now is like the perfect time. Like, so for me, Adam knew what I do. Like, he knows because I talked to him. We talked, you know, but I've been here for the past year and a half. So he's heard my conversation. He sees what I do now. So now he's like, oh, my God, you do all this? And I'm like, yeah, and more. Oh yeah, it's it's. Uh, it so is like under, now they have even more an understanding and a respect for for what we do. Absolutely, and uh, um, does I know what a BEO is? Does Adam? <laughs> he Ask, does now. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, good man. He does That's now, and he's actually I've actually had him had him look at them before. <laughs> You know, that's a really good point, Kim, that a lot of people would have even more stories to share about what their family thinks, and uh, you know, and has learned or is frustrated over in terms of the way we do. Because he did write the second article last year, you know, a few months into the pandemic when, you know, everyone was doing stuff around their home. And, yeah, I was trying to figure out how we could have company over. So the yard did – I would have had a outside movie screen. That was, like, my next step. And he was just, like – cringing and then we hit a whole ton of rainy weather and hot weather and we never got that far but thank, thank goodness yeah anyway so well kim thank you so much uh for being with us today really really appreciate it um you know and another thing for everyone to be watching uh well i don't know that this will this will probably not be up before 
Um, but hopefully you did. I read an article yesterday about watching the Olympics, which starts in a few days. Oh, yeah. Um, from the event standpoint, from the meeting and event standpoint, what are we going to learn about creating large events in this time uh, over, you know, and it looks like we will still definitely be dealing with some pretty big parts of this uh through the next year so um they're saying that we should all be being uh, paying attention to what happens with the olympics so um hopefully but you know by the time you hear this again because i'm not really sure when this is going to be uh go up yet but hopefully we'll be able to have some conversations about what we learned through that so we didn't let Kelly and Steve talk very much. Would you like to say anything in closing thoughts? Random. We're good on random, as you notice. <laughs> um, I can't think of anything. I mean, if it's just like being new to a podcast, that might just be a little stage fright. But yeah. I've enjoyed listening. It's Kelly nice. has been fantastic, though. <laughs> she has been learning software and new things to do, yes. and she does it quick mm. and fast and good so. thank you <laughs> and and just so you know she will be looking for unless her internship hires her which i don't know what the chances are of that I'm not sure. um but uh she will be in boston uh for uh the next couple of years so um if you're in the boston area and looking for someone who is uh, a quick learner hard worker very pleasant to be around and um looking to move more into the uh, meeting and event industry, uh, we got her right here. So, um, <coughs> excuse me on that one, um, Steve. Anything you wanted to say? I'm I'm done. Over and out. Roger, Dodger. <laughs> okay. And Kim, anything you want to add? I just want to say thank you for having me. This has been great. Um, I've enjoyed it. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, supporting Sit in the Attendees Chair, and I know you believe very strongly in that philosophy. And, um, I do. You're probably the only person who has actually sent me pictures from a meeting room where you had sat in every chair to see what the problem was. Um, but I appreciated that. I really did. So uh, anyway, everyone, thank you so much. This wraps up podcast uh, episode number two, Sit in the Attendees Chair. And um, July 18th, 2021. Yeah, we are recording it. Uh, no, I don't think it's the 18th. Well, somewhere around the 19th. I think it's the Oh, oh the 20, today's the 21st? Yeah, that's 21st. What, that's yes. what I said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Kind of lost in time here. But um, so I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, open to topic ideas for the future. And uh, really appreciate you listening, no matter when you're listening, even if it's a year from now. And hopefully you uh, smiled and you learned something. And everyone always says, I can hear your voice in my head. So we mm -hmm. figure the podcast just gives you more ways to hear my voice in your head. I know a lot of you uh, listen to the videos and, and everything while you're out running or driving or whatever. So um here you go. Got more voice in your head. Appreciate it very much. Thanks so much. And we will uh, see you on the next episode. Thank you so much.